Welcome to Gold with Jeanette Schneider, negative inspiration for a bigger, better, more purposeful life. Each week we share wisdom, insights, and gold from those living their very best lives. After 23 years in finance and a fancy SVP title, I left corporate America to advocate for women and girls in life, love, the boardroom, and the marketplace. Now the CEO of my own media company, my goal is to change the world for my daughter and her friends. My first book, Lore, Harnessing Your Past to Create Your Future, dropped late 2018 and is based on what women wish they would have known when they were girls. This is purposeful content, big conversations, and a safe place for us to share our gold and our dreams for the future. We record every week from the sound studio at The Space LV. Megan Accardo is running events for the biggest talent agency in the world, Creative Artist Agency. She had her dream job working directly with A-list celebrities, throwing swanky Oscar parties, traveling around the world, and in the room with the most well-known business leaders. At the top of her game, she was also dealing with burnout and struggling with infertility. Holding it together through adrenaline and caffeine, she finally realized she wasn't living out her true potential. Megan and I discussed the hard decision to leave a comfortable job to find your passion, the death of identity, and the birth of impact. Megan Accardo created the platform and podcast Power Your Purpose to empower women to step into their true purpose and potential in life. She hosts events and experiences around the globe to bring women together in a meaningful way for greater impact. Megan digs into the transition between lives, the messy start that is so important, and the difference between those on the sidelines and those in the arena. She gives us some practical tips for productivity and throws the term multitasking under the bus. She encourages us to focus on those things that truly matter in order to be most effective. Let's dig in. I am so excited to have on with me today, Megan Accardo. Thank you so much for joining me on Gold. Yes, thank you for having me. Absolutely. So fun. Yes, yeah, so I um I was we were just talking before we got started. We've lived in a lot of ways very similar parallel situations. And I think that's why some of uh, what I, what you share with the world and what you're doing resonates so deeply with me. And I just find it fascinating. So I was hoping that we could start a little bit because I know that you you left a very highly successful, cushy job to do what your passion and your purpose pulled you toward. And I would love to dig in a little bit about that, that kind of decision to move away from something that provided such comfort to something that was possibly scary and brave, but at the same time so needed. And I would love you to kind of share with us what that pool was and and when you finally made that decision. Yes. So I was basically working in events and working in the corporate America life and loving it and thought that would be my life forever and ever. I really, that was my track and I didn't see anything different really. Um, And so I worked my way up through this sort of entertainment events and um, business conferences. I worked at UCLA Anderson for six years doing business conferences for them. So I was working with successful leaders around the world. And then I landed my dream job um, in entertainment at CAA, Creative Artists Agency, running all of their events for all 13 offices globally and across all different divisions. So it was across film and television and music and sports and marketing, um, just anything and everything that you could think of. And it was so much fun. It really was my dream career. It was something that I felt like I had worked so hard for and all my experience kind of aligned into being the perfect fit for this job. And I actually got recruited 
um, when I lived in Kansas City, my husband and I had moved to Kansas City for a couple of years and I got recruited and I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. This, you have and to do every, it, yeah. <laughs> that's a big what's job. What's that? I said, you had to do it. That's a big job. That's, that's yes. fancy pants and career making. I could see that. Yes. Exactly. And, and just the way that it happened, I wasn't looking. I mean, I always had wanted that sort of job, but it was like, I was, it, it was just all the stars sort of aligned. And so it felt really meant to be. And I really do believe that it was meant to be. And so we made the move from Kansas city um, back to LA where we had met. And I'm talking about me and my husband, mm-hmm. we had fallen in love and met. Um, and then, so we made the move back to LA and I worked there for four years. And it was a wonderful four years. I'm so grateful for everything and all the experience. And I got to work on all the fancy entertainment parties and go to the film festivals and all these things. Um, But there was something inside that was sort of uh, missing or off, or there was like a, a lack of greater fulfillment. And I think for me, I was hiding behind this big brand of a name and it's probably not the case for everyone but for me I just kind of felt like it was almost a crutch in a sort of way that I knew that I had stories that I could share and I just didn't know how to get in touch with my own confidence and identity um and it was sort of like um uh, you know I just I went on a path for a search for fulfillment basically um and it took about a year. I would say I, I spent about a year. I would wake up really early in the morning and I started reading and listening to podcasts and starting to just kind of share my story. Because I think when you live for so long, kind of hidden, uh, you you don't even know how to get in touch with that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's something that your listeners would relate to, but I kind of grew up not even really in touch with what my value was and what I had to share with the world and what my gifts were. I mean, I knew I was good at events. Like I knew I was good in the corporate life and I was always good at school, but I didn't know like my innate personal value. So that was more of a a journey to discover it. And it took some time. You mentioned, you you mentioned um, before that, um, before we got started, there was also some health issues that had kind of arisen. Was that kind of the, the catalyst to realize like, I'm unhappy. Did the health kind of issues hit first or was it more the, the just kind of like something's missing in, in the purpose? The health issues were huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, it was, it was health first to answer your question. Yes. Um, because I was just running on stress and basically I had burned out my adrenal glands. I was over-functioning during the day in my job because I had to, and I was good at my job. And then I was just coming home and collapsing. And I didn't realize, but I was developing all these food sensitivities. Mm -hmm. And I realized I had a sensitivity to gluten and alcohol and all these things that I was just consuming on a daily basis. And so I basically would collapsed when I got home. And then it was starting to take a a lot of time to wake up in the morning. It kind of felt like I woke up and I got hit by a truck. Um, and I wasn't depressed. Like it wasn't like depression or anxiety, but it just was physical. It was a physical, um, toll that my body was taking from just burning it into the ground. Um, and so I started to experiment with different diets and had a bunch of different functional doctors that I went to and just started to explore that side of it. And I remember one 
functional doctor, he was like, yeah, just go quit your, you have to quit your job to get healthy. Like, what do you want to do to get well? And I was like, are you insane? I can't (laughs) quit my job. Like I live for this job. This is my dream job. So it took about a year after that to finally listen and to say, okay, you know, I think my body's going to hate me. Like I just couldn't do it anymore. I just got to the point where I was really, really, really burned out. And one thing that happened too, is I had a very extreme, uh, extremely stressful work project and I got burned out, but I didn't even realize that it sort of accumulates. And when the work project was over, I just thought I'd go back to normal, but I never like really, really dealt with it. And I was so burned out already that I just couldn't eliminate talk. Like my body just couldn't eliminate toxins fast enough. And Mm so for a year, it just sort of was in the background and I hadn't dealt with it. And so it just was affecting everything. And I realized I had to sort of press the reset button. And that, that made me take drastic measures because I had to, I had to, at that point, do something very drastic. It's interesting. Which was quit my job. <laughs> right. Oh, no, I, I understand yeah. that. I think yeah. that's the thing that's been really interesting to me is lately, especially on this podcasting journey, as I get to know different experts. I had a neurologist on recently who was sharing with me that stress and all of the things that it produces a lot of times, our body is the first line of defense. It's the first thing to kind of throw up the flag and be like, hey, you're you're running on empty. And it creates brain inflammation and gut issues and stress and sleeplessness and you have to drink coffee to wake up you have to drink wine to go to sleep and it creates this kind of cycle of overwhelm within your body that's very hard to reset and in order to get back to that to to good it seems like our bodies are the first things that are like are you happy in life (laughs) like is this serving you is is the dream job and and I think the thing that's interesting for me too is that there is such identity wrapped up in some of these big brands and logos and titles. And it's very hard for you to kind of separate yourself from them and say, am I making a huge mistake by leaving this, but am I happy? Like if you if you wake up and you feel like you've been hit by a truck and it takes you a long time to get your your mind right and back into the back into the swing of things, it's like you never really get kind of back to good, back to that even ground. Um, when you made the decision to transition away from corporate and move into your your purpose work, did you do it as a side hustle at first or did you just kind of pull off the Band-Aid? Good question. Yeah, I did it as a side hustle, but I mean, it wasn't like I was making money. Um, it just, I, I started developing concepts and ideas and I came up with my platform, which is Power Your Purpose. And I, I recorded a few podcast episodes just by myself. And, um, yeah, then I started to have friends over on the weekend and recorded some episodes and I would wake up really early and just kind of brainstorm ideas. And a lot of what I did before I left was just learning. It was listening to podcasts on the way to work. It was doing webinars at lunch, um, and just kind of learning what other people were doing in the space to create a life that they loved, like other entrepreneurs and other female leaders in that space, because I really wanted to see what was working and kind of dissect the model of just, okay, do you create an online course? Do you do workshops, you know, kind of just creating my business plan by studying from other people and really learning. So that's what I did while I was working because that's what I had time to do. 
and that sort of energized me too. Um, learning at lunch or I had actually had a 45 minute, 45 minute commute each way. And so I really looked forward then to getting in the car. Cause I was like, okay, I'll learn something. I'll be inspired rather than just, you know, getting in the car after a long day at work thinking, Oh, I have 45 minutes till yeah. I get home and this sucks, you know? So it, it changed my mindset and that that's a, a huge part of transitioning out of something is just staying inspired and seeing the future and really mapping that out in that way. It's so funny. I actually look forward to cardio now because that's when I catch up on podcasts. <laughs> I hate cardio, but I'm like, oh, I have a date with a treadmill and I'm going to get, by the time I get off this treadmill, I'm going to have an idea or feel better about the day. Um, what was the, what was it like when you, when you put in your notice and you, you decided to leave and did you, this is what I experienced leaving corporate America. I was surprised at the layers of grief I had to work my way through as I shed that old identity. I was I was worked for I worked for the same firm for 23 years. So I grew up I think in that kind of mindset and in that world and I didn't realize how deeply it had become part of my DNA. And all of a sudden when I'm making the shift over to the health and wellness space I didn't even know how to dress. I was like, how do I dress for meetings? How do I how do I show I don't even know how to show up because the person that has always been at the the front of the boardroom table was wearing these line dresses and you know sky high heels and and now I'm like that doesn't feel right anymore. So was there fallout from any of your colleagues um was it hard making that decision and what did it look like in the months after? Oh my gosh. It was such a hard decision. Yes. I relate so much. And I mean, for you to be at a company for 20 plus years, that definitely would be such a hard transition out. Um, yeah, I didn't know how I would feel at first. I, I thought maybe I would miss it a lot and regret it. Um, it's always hard to leave. I still feel like, oh, should I have done things differently? Um, but you don't know how big of a rut that you're in until you're out of it. And that mm-hmm. was one thing that became clear immediately is that like, okay, as soon as I quit, like in the next week, I just kind of felt like I could breathe again. And I just realized what a depleted state because of my health and all these other things that I was just operating at for so long. And so I knew I had made the right decision because I just felt like I was coming online again and I had time with friends and I was able to show up better for the people in my life, which is ultimately the most important thing. So it was instant validation for that decision. But man, I was like back and forth every single day. Um, yeah, I was like the girl entangled when she like gets freed from the tower and then she <laughs> she's like running through the field. So excited and then she puts then she's like, Oh, I should go back, but oh I'm so excited, but I should yeah, I was like that girl. That's um, hilarious. I've never my daughter watches that and I know exactly what you're talking about because I, I've told friends I'm like six days a week I'm elated and I'm so happy and on the seventh day I'm like I have a, a pity party for myself. <laughs> I'm like, What did I totally. do? <laughs> yes, I know, I know. Yeah. And, um, yeah, but it just felt, it felt really good. And it took some months, like the first month was basically just like decompressing. And then I just started to, um, do a little more each day. So at first I didn't force myself. Well, actually I should say at first I made this very, uh, 
productive schedule for myself. And it was like very structured because that's how I work. And I'm like, okay, from eight to noon, I'll do this. And, and everyone around me was like, maybe just ease off your schedule a little bit. So I forced myself to just sort of relax a little bit and decompress. And then I started adding more and more work back into my life so that I could, uh, I could do it from a healthy place. Cause that's the thing is when you're burned out, you can't just jump immediately into mm-hmm. a crazy schedule, even if it's, even if it's you that you're working for. Right. So I was just putting these crazy standards on myself. So, um, yeah. And I speaking to the, what do you wear? Like, I love that I don't have to wear corporate clothes anymore. It's just is the best thing ever. I like wear jeans and tank tops and it's great. <laughs> I know it's funny. It's like I'm meeting myself all over again, right? As this, as this more in tuned version of myself, which has been really fascinating. Um, I'm curious when it comes to like this getting started again, because I did the same kind of thing. Like there was a moment of kind of a break. I actually went to Africa for two weeks on safari, and I came home and. Um, it was just really interesting to kind of memorialize my career and do a celebration and and come back and kind of take some time and figure out who I was again and kind of take a, br- a breath. Um, but I had already been kind of uh, had created the platform and things were already kind of in motion. But, you know, there's something that I, I read that I think was on your Instagram or your website where you talk about um, allowing it's kind of like that messy start mentality, that mediocre, you know, sometimes you, when you start something new, um, you can't attach perfectionistic tendencies to it. It's not going to be perfect straight out of the gate. And I had to start actually just showing up and putting stuff out there and allowing feedback and experience to help me kind of mold it and grow it. And I think that's one thing that, especially for anyone who's listening, who's contemplating any kind of career transition, whether it's to work for yourself, um, there's a lot of fear about getting it perfect and that the marketplace is flooded. Um, and you know that's it's it's so not true. There's there's so many people who come with such different gifts. What advice would you give to people who are looking at like how do I get started? What do I do? What were the first steps that you took um, to create that kind of the messy start? Yes, I relate so much to that. I am a perfectionist to the max, and so and I, I was used to doing these amazing events where it was like I strove toward excellence, and I w- was producing flawless things. And so this was a new space. And so I remember my first Instagram post that was like sort of inspirational. I just wasn't used to that at all. You know, normally it's like a vacation photo with like a, you know, out of office caption or whatever, something that's like not meaningful at all. And I remember writing my first post and I got phone calls from colleagues and friends and they were like, is everything okay? Like, are you <laughs> You're going being through? emotional. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like this, they were like, is someone bullying you? I remember someone asked me that. I'm like, no, no, no. Like I just, I just want to be inspirational. I am so excited to finally announce what I am working on because it has been so hard not to talk about it. Today, Gold is brought to you by Live Media, and I couldn't be more thrilled. Live is an app that will launch Christmas 2019. I have partnered with a team previously of Disney Pixar who want so deeply to use tech for good, and we're using tech for great. I have a special VIP experience built out and planned for my Gold listeners. You guys have been on this journey with me, so I can't wait to introduce you to my baby. 
through mindfulness and accountability offerings, including meditation, breathwork, intentional living routines, challenges, and lifestyle coaching. Live will provide you with the tools, community, and support you need to live your very best life, leveling up in every aspect. Live meets you where you are and grows with you. Each week, your Live Lab will be curated with talks, articles, meditations, visualizations, challenges, and support to help you move your goals forward in 90-day increments. At the end of 90 days, we will celebrate your accomplishments with you before assisting in selecting those goals you'd like to include in the next 90. Available to you at all times is a phone or chat session with an accountability coach, a master coach, or through an email submission to Dear Live so that we can support you every step of the way. Live is your lifestyle and productivity concierge a thoughtful guide, and an intuitive coach to help you get out of your own way, to create, to pay it forward, because a healthy you today means a healthier world tomorrow. Gold listeners will receive a free 30-day VIP experience. That means access to all of the bells and whistles by using code GOLDVIP, all caps, at loveisviral.com. Again, that is loveisviral.com, code GOLDVIP, in all caps. Join the movement. someone bullying you. I remember someone asked me that. I'm like, no, no, no. Like I just, I just want to be inspirational. So it definitely took a little time to play with, um, how I wanted to show up. Um, I started targeting social media as far as like putting together a strategy and just kind of trying to find my voice on that platform. And so that was my first sort of start into it. Um, but people really responded. And that was the thing. It was so funny. I, I was so scared to lose followers. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, oh, like a lot of cool people follow me and they're going to be annoyed and all these things. And I'm like, I can't care about other people's opinions. And so that was a huge hurdle that I had to get over and just saying, I'm just going to start putting stuff out there. And if people don't like it, that's great. I'm not for everyone. I don't need to serve everyone with my inspirational messages or whatever it is. Right. But, um, but I'm just going to have to start talking and start sharing. And the overwhelming majority of people were super supportive and super responsive. And so that was encouraging and that sort of kept me going. But I remember when I started my podcast, I recorded the first episode like eight times and I was like, dang it. Like, I can't like, I can't be okay sucking, but I have to be like, okay with this like mediocre thing. And I know it's going to get better. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would just listen to it and just critique myself. And it just was this process that I had to just get over and say, you know, what? it's not perfect. I don't love it, but I'm just going to start to put it out there because you really do have to put it out to get that feedback, like you said, Mm -hmm. and to have it take shape and form. Um, I just thought I could record episode after episode and just keep it kind of on my computer and then make it perfect. And then when it's perfect, I'd release it, but it just doesn't work like that. You just have to start putting stuff out there and be okay with it being, uh, you know, not, not great. But the thing is, is you can provide value to someone, even though it's not perfect. And that's how I how you shifted my mindset was to say, Hey, like this isn't absolutely perfect, but it might serve someone. It might help someone today. And that's what I'm after. So I don't have to look a certain way. I don't have to be flawless, you know, in my videos with no wrinkles or whatever, (laughs) but you know, but if it helps someone, that's my purpose. So why am I so worried about how I'm coming across? The reality is, is nobody's really worried about me as much as I'm worried about me. And so I just have to 
get over myself. Yeah. And that I think is the big thing that people just have to get used to and get over it. I had to learn that um, I'm not, like you said, I'm not for everyone. And I remember when I first started launching things and like putting it out to my friends and I wasn't getting, like my closest friends were super supportive, but I think there was a lot of curious eyes for a while. They're like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are yes. you up to? And they were uncomfortable because there is discomfort in, in that corporate culture, especially in high finance, where I think people were like, why are you talking about your feelings? Um and I think, you know, they'd gotten used to, I'd written a book by then. And so they'd gotten used to the idea that I was, I had a platform. But I had to get to the place where I was like, wait a minute, the people who are unfollowing me or unfriending me or kind of acting like I'm an oddball now, I am not for them. They are not my audience. It's some woman that might be halfway across the country. And now I'm finding halfway across the world who suddenly I say something and she's like, yes, thank you. You make me feel normal. And I think that's the other thing that's been really interesting is even with the imperfect posts um, where I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know if this interview is all that great. I will suddenly get a message from someone who's like, I really appreciated this. This really hit me. So you never know who you're touching. And the ones where I have been the most vulnerable and the most fearful have been the ones where I think people are like, thank you for showing me that part of yourself because I think there's a fear of being real. And I think so many people are looking for someone that they can connect with, especially like, so for for instance, um, I had someone on my podcast, um, he and I both are adult children of alcoholics. And we did an episode where we talked specifically about what it's like to be a high functioning adult child of an alcoholic and what that means in your daily life. And all of this, and I had a bunch of adult children of alcoholics reaching out and it's still the most downloaded episode saying, thank you for putting into words what I could not. And I think that's that connection that you never know if you're going to find. But if you just start and you just put the stuff out there, not only are you going to build that muscle and understand um, how to come across, how to produce an episode, all of these, you know, things that you learn with time and experience. But I think that was like the, I think the most rewarding is when I'd start getting messages from people who were like, oh, that resonated so deeply. It's, it's so nice to know like when something lands. Yes. I love that. Yes. When you're, when you're your most authentic self, that's what people connect to. Nobody wants to see the highlight reel that they see all day long on social, right? That doesn't make anyone feel connected to you. It's sharing our struggles. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you. And I think that it's, it's a beautiful place to move into. Like, um, probably coming from where you've come from and coming where I've come from, it's that kind of shedding of the the perfection, you know, the, the, the fear of, of how you're being perceived. Um, and it's, I feel like it's a responsibility too. Like there's a great responsibility to it. So I'm also kind of conscientious about my words because I do recognize um, that they, they do affect. I, I recently wrote about mental health and um, that was – helpful for some and others had their own opinions and that's another interesting thing is when you start to get trolls (laughs) have you had any yet um I haven't had a troll but I had my first critic and I was like yes I'm doing something right I have a critic out there in the world I was like so energized (laughs) I'm glad that you looked at it from that perspective because the first time that it happened to me I was like ew um and then I, I had actually sat down with some folks that have been helping me with marketing and they're like, exactly what you said, Jeanette, if you're doing it right, you're going to have people who are going to come and, and be attracted to your platform in order to, to kind of pick at you. So 
Good job. Yes. Yes. I have a lot to say on that because I just feel like if people are just sitting on the sidelines, it's those people, by the way, who are always criticizing you, the people who aren't doing anything with their lives, right? Like nobody further along the path than you is going to criticize you. You don't see leaders in the world criticizing people under them because they're like, I've been there. I get it. Let me help you. Let me mentor you. It's only the people like sitting out of the game that have time to form these opinions and then, you know, have time to sit on social media. I'm always amazed at like the celebrity, the trolls of the celebrities where it's like you follow this person and they irritate you so much. You're like running your life on hateful energy. Like it takes so much more energy that you could be doing so much good in the world if you just get off this person's account and like go live your life. But that's so funny. Tommy, yeah. Tommy Baker is a, an influencer and a, an author and a coach. And he recently posted about being in the arena. Um, and that resonated so much with me. It's kind of like I, I think of Daniel and the lion kind of thing. Like you're in the arena or the, the gladiators or something along those lines. Um, and there's the people booing and cheering. And you just kind of have to accept like, hey, I'm in, I'm in the arena. And I'm going to continue to do this because this is important work. And there's someone out there that it's resonating with. I'm so curious, like you were talking originally about productivity, and I know that you offer assistance to women um, and helping them to become more productive throughout their days. And this is something that I have become a lot more attracted to lately um, is is creating practices to make sure that I'm being purposeful. I believe in intentional living, and sometimes I think that we get caught up in just the achievement culture we get caught up in old messaging and old storylines that tell us what we need to do to be successful and sometimes people think that means you have to put in x number of hours and that means that you've achieved and for me that's that's not the case that's not my most productive time when I'm running after things so I'm curious when you think of productivity like what comes to mind and how do you coach people into living more intentional lives yeah so I think the first myth is multitasking is being productive because that I mean it's on every job description especially in entertainment and maybe what you know in finance where you are too but you know it's like must be a multitasker right that is like the biggest killer of productivity and so you have to be willing to focus on one thing at a time I think you know turning off your email and really just turning off your phone and turning off the television whatever it is because it just you can't shift between creating something or working on something and moving a project forward when you're constantly distracted. Um, So understanding that's the first thing. Um, And similar to that, you can only focus on one project a day, I I would say, or maybe two at the most, like one in the morning, one in the afternoon. Um, But if you're just working on a bunch of different things, you're not going to, you're not going to move closer to your goal as fast. It's just not going to be uh, it's just not going to be readily available. And so really honing into what's the most important thing that I can work on today, like in the morning and really figuring that out so that you're not constantly like, okay, my to-do list is 25 things long and da da da. Like just really, you could do a brain dump if you want and just kind of get everything you need to do out on paper and then just circle the top two things, um, and really focus in on those and then get those done early in the day because our brain goes through this mental fatigue process, which is why, you know, we eat really healthy in the morning. I don't know if you relate, but like breakfast is awesome. Like I am like on track with everything. And then by 
you know, the very end of the day, it's like, I want to go drive through McDonald's because like, <laughs> yeah. I just don't care anymore. And I just can't make a decision on like how to eat healthy. So like you go through this mental fatigue and, you know, I'm always surprised by the people who are wasting their early hours. I know some people aren't morning people, but you know, once you wake up and once you're on, like you just need to use that morning time to the best of your advantage because that's when your brain has rested overnight. So you have the best brain power to just knock out your accomplishments. And I know for busy moms or, you know, like just people in general, like just waking up early before the kids get up or however you can structure it into your schedule to knock out those most important things first. Cause we like to procrastinate on the things that we like like the harder tasks, but getting those done first can help because then we have more brain power to do it mm -hmm. rather than just waiting, waiting, waiting till the afternoon. And then, you know, then it's just chaotic at night. So. I've noticed for me, like I feel almost like my schedule pressing up against me. It's almost like I actually can feel the anxiety or the energy of my calendar. So I've been working with an executive coach for two years. And one of the things that he's helped me do is um, I look out, I actually plan out my year in advance. So what I do is I, I basically look out over the course of my year and I plan um, how much free time I'm going to spend, be it on vacation on the weekends with family so that I can truly be present with them. Um, then I plan my focus days, which are my revenue generation days. Or the, those are the days where I'm actually like moving my strategies forward and creating money and income. And then on my maintenance days, those are the days that I'm handling automation, uh, working, checking in with my teammates, handling bill pay, picking up groceries, things like that. And I agree with you, like having – the morning hours, I am not a morning person at all. But what I have found is since I've started living more intentionally, especially because like I'll know the day before like, oh, tomorrow is a maintenance day. It almost gives me the permission to throw out like, oh, I don't have to worry about making money tomorrow. And my daughter knows it's a maintenance day and she's in camp. So I can be present with my bill paying, with my teammates, with um, handling uh, email responses, things like that. And I almost have created like there's a specific energy for each of the days. And I wake up in the morning and I'm kind of like, okay, this is what today is about. And I know it seems like a lot of work, but it has been a game changer for me because I wake up with a lot more purpose and I don't feel the stresses. And you're right. Like if you have a big kind of project or task that's kind of looming, everything that you do prior to that is kind of on your mind. And I think it's so important that we really take a look at the way we, we schedule our time. And the other thing that I think helps is that then if I look at, you know, my, my, my partner or, and our kids and say, hey, guys, today's a focus day for me, but I'm free tomorrow. They're like, okay, leave mom alone because she's got some stuff she's got to do. But tomorrow we're going to have her, her present. She's going to be fully present with us and she's not going to pick up her phone and she's not going to be worried about running errands because that's our day with her. So that's been like super helpful for me. I love that. And how do you structure that? Do you do like alternating or do you do like in a row, you have like three focus days so you can really like go in or maybe it's a couple of focus weeks or how do you structure that? I usually do um, like two focus days uh, minimum a week because I have noticed with myself when I'm focused I get a lot done but it also is a lot of emotional and mental energy 
right? So I do like two to three focus days a week, no more than three. Um, because I think I feel more burnt, right? Because I'm actually, if you've got an eight-hour day or say a six-hour day and um, I'm really sitting down and focused on the things I'm moving forward, the productivity I get out of those days is just next level. And then that way, um, and I never have them back-to-back because I need to be able to kind of calm myself again or re-engage and one of the things that's really interesting is that um like Tuesdays is a focus day so like I'm in the studio with you I'm very present with you um I have podcast interviews my uh podcast drops on Apple on Tuesdays so I know every Tuesday will always be a focus day and then I plan days around it like yesterday was a maintenance day that was a day that I took care of myself I went and I did a hit class because I know that if I do a high intensity class it burns off a lot of energy and then I'm able to write afterwards and pay bills and I've got kind of clarity of focus. So it's it's been really interesting to play with it and I think we're all so different that what works for me may not work for someone else. Um, but it's been just such a game changer for me. Yeah, I love it. That's great. And you do have to plan in your vacations mm. way early on in the year. Otherwise, you just will not get to those things. And those are the most important things to build in that rest and reward so that you're, you can be present on those days where you're working hard because you know it's coming down the pipeline. It's already scheduled in. The flight's already booked. You know, it's all planned out so that you can look forward to it. That's exactly it. I think it's like having something to look forward to. There's been times where like I'll raise my hand and look at my boyfriend and be like, I need something to look forward to because I'm 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 going pretty hard. <laughs> like I need a vacation. Can we plan something? And we'll put something on the calendar so I know that I've got something coming for it. So that's super helpful. Um, what other tips and tricks? Anything that comes to mind that you think would be helpful? Well, what I like to do is I was going to say you have to be really clear on where you want to go. So what I like to do is have people visualize their future. Like who do you want to be in 10 years and really, really see it and take about 10 minutes, 15 minutes and like write it all out or do a vision board if you're that sort of creative mind. Um, And then from there you work backwards. So then you create these sort of overarching goals that you want for your life. Um, and then you sort of narrow down into what's the one goal that I want to accomplish? Like what's, what can I do right now to move me forward to where I'll feel really good that I'll hit these marks in this, this 10 year vision of myself. And so really focusing in, because let's say you want to be a motivation, a top motivational speaker in 10 years, there's so many different things you could do. So you could then could like get very overwhelmed with like, I need to write a book. I need to start a podcast. I need to do all these things, but it's like, okay, what's the one thing that's going to get me there the fastest where I feel like I can just focus on this one goal and go all in. Cause I see a lot of people who, um, are then spending a lot of time, like I'm going to start a YouTube channel and then I'm going to do a podcast and then I'm going to write my book and they're doing them all at the same time. And like I said, like if you're spreading out amongst projects, you're not going to write the book as fast if you're also trying to build up your YouTube channel. So you have to really focus in on one thing at a time that's keeping in mind your larger goal for the future. And just so you can have like a really clear aligned vision. I love that. And I think it's so important to like remind people because we do have this tendency to like do the scattered energy. It's kind of like the buckshot, right? Like you're kind of like, okay, I'm going to do all of these things because hopefully something hits. And there's a lot of like people out there right now, especially in the self-development um, world that are like, you have to have six plus or seven plus streams of income in order to make it work. 
Um, like don't just have one revenue stream because if that one dries up, you need to have another one. And I think that that almost adds to that whole scattered energy. Um, and I, I love what you just said about like looking out to that future version of yourself and saying, okay, I'm going to pick one thing off and not thinking of the short game. You're thinking of the long game. And I think that that's so valuable, so valuable. Um, I want to pivot a little bit because there's there's these two questions that I ask everyone when they come on when they come on gold um, because so much of my platform is about really kind of looking back over the course of your life and understanding how far you've come and um, what advice you would give your younger self. So if you were to look at a younger version of Megan, how old would she be and what would you tell her? So first I would go back to my 16-year-old self. I was a very emotional teenager. I had a lot of high emotions. I'm sure like many, uh, you know, young girl teenagers. Um, And I didn't know how to express myself. And so I would listen to music and I would really dive into song lyrics. And I felt like they kind of put... um, words to my emotions and I could relate and feel connected. But what I didn't understand at the time is how to actually connect with like other human beings. Like I really dove into music and these other things. Um, but like, I didn't know how to share my stories and my struggles with other people and fast forward. I mean, I still would tell this to myself a year, uh, a year ago. Um, but just, it's okay to share your stories. It's okay to share your struggles. Um, it's okay to be real with people. I think so often I just, again, hide behind the highlight reel and am not really honest about things going on. And even with my friends and struggling with infertility, I mean, there were years where my friends didn't even like my best friends in the whole world that I've had for decades, like didn't even know that I was going through an IVF cycle at the time or um, that I was really struggling in this area. And I just really was like, okay, I'll talk about it when I'm like through the process, when Mm -hmm. I'm pregnant. And then I'll like tell about all my struggles for the previous years. Right. But just being able to talk about it in the moment is something that I would tell myself from teenager on to, you know, an adult, because I think it's just so important to be able to connect with people and be real. And it's hard. And I think some people are better at it than others. And I definitely was not good at it. So that is what I would encourage my younger self to do. And I hope that resonates with your listeners too, because we really need connection. And I think we hide behind wanting to fit in. And I heard this quote, it was like the opposite of belonging is fitting in. So we have this, this desire for belonging. And we think that fitting in is how we're going to belong. Like with the group, we are just going to do what we think they want us to do and do what, or say what we think they want us to say. And that way we'll belong. But that's actually the opposite of it because we're not being true to ourselves. So we're actually not going to find that deeper need for connection. I think if we're just, you know, it's so valuable and so important because I think so many times we, we just want, we think we like that whole fitting in, right? Like you just want to be kind of accepted by a group of people. But if you really get down to it and you get one-on-one with someone, especially when you're going through something and you share with them from a genuine, authentic place, suddenly you see the humanity in one another, right? And especially like if you were going through IVF and not telling your friends, they could have been there to just kind of hold your hand or, or you know, give you an ear on the days that you needed it. And I think that it's we we look for connection in all the wrong places so I think that that's like such a valuable message um for your younger self and for anyone who's listening that um 
you know, I, I've noticed a lot of people are, are worried about who to trust, and I get that, and I understand that. I think you have to be conscientious to share your heart and your connection with people who are going to hold you up. But I've also learned on the self-development journey um, that as you take care of yourself, the, the you you recognize the difference, right? You recognize the difference between someone that you should connect with and share your heart with and someone that you probably are just going to keep at arm's length. Yes, absolutely. That's important for sure. You have to be discerning. I think that's what you, it, you're not going to share your all your crap on your first on a first date, right? Right, exactly. I think it was yeah. Brene Brown that talks about how it's kind of like with the with trust, it's like you're kind of just like filling the jar a little bit at a time. And I don't remember the exact analogy, but it's it's one of those things where like when I was going, I went through fertility as well, and here's I think I overshared, and I. That was just who I was at the time and I shared on social media and I would talk about my story because I was a writer and I had a blog. Even though my I had this, you know, career in finance, I, I had a kind of like side hustle kind of writing. And um, too many people that did not that did not care for me in the way that my friends did had opinions that later on were hard for me to handle. So I think like I went the other way. <laughs> like uh, I think I, I wish I would have pulled back and only chosen those discerning people, the discerning few to share that struggle with because it was a hard, it was a hard thing. So I totally, I totally relate. Yeah. If you were, That's hard. yeah, if you were to leave behind any gold nuggets of wisdom or inspiration, knowing that you wanted to leave a message for the next gen, what would it be? I just think you have to follow your heart and not live in the shoulds of life. Like I should do this or I should do this. And the what ifs, like all of those questions, I think when we're on our deathbed, we're going to be like, why didn't I just do what I wanted to do and follow my heart? I think so often we assume that we have so much of life to live, but none of us are guaranteed tomorrow you know, no matter what age we are and no matter how healthy we are, we're just not guaranteed it. So you have to really embrace today as someday and just decide each and every day when you wake up that today's day one of the rest of my life and I'm going to make it count. And one thing I like to ask people is like, if you could wake up and say like, if I could live today over again before you actually even live it the first time, it's like a mental trick to say like, how do I actually really want to live this day? If it was like, you know, one of my last, like really embracing that purposeful living and making sure you um, are being true to yourself. I love that. I love living in retrospect. I think it's so important. I um, I wrote in my book about kind of like making decisions from your deathbed and how like I have a couple of friends who are like, that's so macabre. Like, why would you talk about that? But I had a few family members who um, right before they passed shared kind of like these really important messages with me that were kind of like, hey, everything that we taught you doesn't matter. <laughs> like the religion, the drama, who didn't like who, like all of the struggle for wealth or business or whatever, none of it mattered. Be good to each other. Stop chasing things. Um, don't worry about religion. Take care of yourself. They're just men. And it was kind of one of those things that like really – kind of reset me so now when I make big decisions or think of like what I want to leave behind for my daughter or just you know with my platform or my life it's from that place it's kind of like living in retrospect like if it was my last day would I be proud of what I'm what I'm sharing it's is it the the legacy I would want to carry forward and I think that's just such a beautiful message so if anyone wants to follow um, along on your journey where can they find you 
Yeah. So at Megan Accardo on Instagram or MeganAccardo.com. And I have a little productivity planner too on my website. Um, if people want, if they like the tips and they want a little worksheet that they can fill out every day, it's um, at MeganAccardo.com forward slash own your day. Oh, I so, love that. We'll put the link in it. our yeah. show notes so that they can grab it. And I want to thank you for coming on and sharing your gold with us. I really appreciate um, your vulnerability and willing to share your heart. So thank you so much for, for being a guest. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. I love Megan's advice to focus on our future self as we think through our goals and plan on our next steps. You can find Megan on IG at MeganAccardo.com. Don't forget to download her productivity planner at MeganAccardo.com or subscribe to her podcast, Power Your Purpose. As always, please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and don't forget to share with your friends. Gold listeners, don't forget to sign up for your 30-day live VIP experience at loveisviral.com, code GOLDVIP. Get deep in the work with me to uncover your messaging before you pass it on to your children or the people you influence. Pick up my new book, Lore, Harnessing Your Past to Create Your Future, available on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com. Until next time, in the words of my grandma, love each other every day.